Konnichiwa. And hey yo. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie and welcome to Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Where we talk about all things sumo. Yes, that's right. And today we are talking about shokiri and biamba. But first, sumo joke of the day. Did you hear about the historical play the sumo wrestlers put on? No, I did not. Well, it was very accurate, but had no story. It was called Much Edo About Nothing. Nice, nice. Thank you, Malcolm. That was great, Malcolm. I really enjoyed that one. I love the fact that you're writing jokes for us every week, so just continue. I love it. Well, he's not really writing them anymore. He sent them in bulk. Like, he sent 15 all at the same time. (laughs) Are we ready for our next 15? Uh, I think so. I think so. I did reach out, but I have not heard back. So he may not have any more (laughs) sumo jokes in his back pocket. All right. Newsflash. This is actually sort of last week's news. But by the time we recorded our episode last week, we were just getting wind of this tragic news. Sandame wrestler Shobushi of Takadagawa Stable passed away from coronavirus. This was the nightmare that everyone wanted to avoid when the news broke out over a month ago that a stable master from Takadagawa Stable and about six, five, I think five junior wrestlers tested positive for COVID. And so many of the wrestlers have diabetes, as did this young wrestler, and he was just 28 years old. His real name was Kiyotaka Suetake, and initially he was turned away from numerous hospitals on April 4th seeking treatment, but he finally was able to get treatment on April 8th, and that's just due to the sheer volume well, of people trying to get treatment at the same time. And also, didn't he get a negative COVID test result first? I think I read that somewhere. Huh. It was a while before he actually got uh, the right test, and it was a novel coronavirus, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think in the beginning, and maybe still now, some of these tests just aren't as accurate as you'd want them to be. There's a lot of false positives. I guess it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. No, he it's battled. It is. And he battled this for an entire month, and he finally succumbed to the disease last week of pneumonia and organ failure. JSA Chairman Hakaku said, I can only imagine how hard it must have been battling illness for over a month. But like a wrestler, he endured it bravely and fought the disease until the end. We hope he will rest in peace now. We are very grateful to everyone in the medical institutes who treated him with utmost care. What most people were saying, though, online is like, wait, is this the Shokiri guy? And everyone knew of this guy, which is really interesting because most people who watch sumo highlights wouldn't really know who this lower division wrestler is because their tournaments aren't widely televised. His fans and the real sumo fans of the world had seen him many times at sumo events and were saddened because they knew he was a spectacular wrestler, but also a really funny guy. You see, he does sort of what we do, which is make people laugh and i'll get back to that we try to do we try to do i don't know how successful we are (laughs) i think you're more successful at it than i am i don't know but we'll get back to some of that a little bit later I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the wrestlers because they are back on social media. Like at least the JSA is cultivating even more of their presence online. So we just so needed so because we just desperately need to see these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asanoyama jumping rope and then jumping rope and his yukata and then once in like his regular Shorts people clothes. And a t-shirt. Not regular people clothes, but like, you know, his hanging around the house clothes. Like gym like, clothes. Yeah. I, w- I always like to see wrestlers in like 
regular people clothes. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, a lot of stuff that they uploaded this week and all kinds of little gems for us to enjoy while we wait around 60, what is it, 62 days till July Ugh, tournament? Yeah. So, Did we talk last week about Hakaho giving away all those masks and all the media coverage that came with that? That was, no. I loved that no. as well. Well, at least we're getting something, yeah, you we're know? Yeah, we're getting something. We're getting something. So I appreciate that. I would like to say a big thank you to Dark Circle Sumo, who I worked out with on Sunday. Yeah, you did it a was, Keiko. I did. I did an online Keiko and... It was so fun. My inner thighs are really sore. It was loud. I was downstairs. Oh, it was loud? What no, did you hear? No. Well, I could just hear you shouting back and you'd say something and you'd be like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what that was. So we were doing all the Shiko in the beginning. Yeah. And they were, we were counting in Japanese. Oh, each Nissan Shiko. Okay. Yes. So thank you, you didn't know what I didn't how know to count. All- Yet. I, I'm determined I'm going to learn that this week. How to count to 10 in Japanese. I think it's um, I might have gotten one of them mixed up. That was better than I was. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was me like trying to pick up the Japanese through Zoom and... Uh, and sometimes just being like, I don't know. It sounds like yeah. Hatch. It sounds like Hatch. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I was certainly grunting with some of the workouts. I mean, they did this. How many people were? Um, there was probably like eight or ten. Wow. I wouldn't say it's a huge group, but it was sumo wrestlers from all over Texas. And it was just so fun. It was like the camaraderie of the group was really lovely. Yeah. It was people just trying supportive. to stay in shape. It was ultra supportive and it was well taught by Justin Kazart some things I was like hey I can do this and then other things I was like oh my god I'm not even close like he did these uh you see sumo wrestlers do it all the time they go up to the doyo and they put their their they put their hands on the ground they're kind of in that bear stance like ready to go Mm -hmm. and then they pitch forward and like they put their head on the ground almost Uh it's like a dive bomb push-up yeah yeah oh my god that is crazy hard so Anyway, I enjoyed sumo wrestling, and if I could just be a virtual sumo wrestler and not actually, like, hit anyone, I could really excel in that sport. Mm -hmm. If you didn't actually have to wrestle, I could be a sumo wrestler. I believe you. Yeah. I could not. Hence why I decided to just take an hour and a half long walk with my dog and and get out of the house. Although I will say, I think I was by far the oldest person in the group. And so I was like, well, they're going to have to have a senior sumo division for me to ever like just, really get in the ring. It's got to be hard because to be honest, everyone's knees past a certain age is like, oh, your knees are shot. I don't shot. know. I don't know. See, sometimes when I do squats in the gym... Mm-hmm. My knees will hurt, but my knees didn't hurt after the sumo. Oh. My inner thighs are sore, but my knees don't hurt. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Shall we get to the history portion of Sumo yes. Kaboom? Yes. All right. Earlier I mentioned Shobushi and his unfortunate passing this last week. One thing he took part in was this thing called Shokiri. Now, Shokiri is the comedic part of sumo. So Kitty is a performance, and, and a very funny one at that. And this is done at every tournament, right? Mm-mm. Nuh-uh. Actually, no. It's done at sumo events, but not um, always every tournament. Maybe, like, touring tournaments, mm. but not at, like, the grand sumo tournaments, I don't believe. Okay. It's not every single time. 
But we thought the only way to celebrate this young wrestler's life would be to shed some light on how he delighted audiences with his Shokiri performance and how other wrestlers delight us in ways outside of the ring. Yes. And we want to celebrate him as fellow comedians by putting a spotlight exactly on that incredible work that they do. Sumo and comedy. So how do these two things go together? You know, I think people laugh sometimes uh, by doing any number of silly or stupid things on stage and shows online. So so why do I keep saying that Shobushi was a comedian? Well, throughout the span of sumo or this traditional sport, not the whole entire span, I guess since about the Edo period, the 18, about 100, 100 and some change years, there's been another longstanding tradition. And that's called chokiri. And Shobushi was one of the funniest and best at this wonderful sumo tradition. I'd call him the jester of sumo, I guess, or the jester of the doyo. The shokiri is a presentation of all of the illegal moves put forth before the audience in a slapstick routine by Mm -hmm. two wrestlers, Mm -hmm. okay? And the shokiri presentation started, like I said, over 100 years ago. It was meant to legitimately demonstrate to the crowd as well as any other aspiring wrestlers in the audience, all of the forbidden moves in sumo. And it evolved over time into this full-blown comedy routine, Mm -hmm. which people today just truly, truly love. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere around 10 minutes long, and it happens... Like I said, at tournament exhibition matches and, and other sumo-related events, it is well-rehearsed, perfected in timing, athletic, and varies depending on who the wrestlers are that are performing it. And just kind of like the bow twirler, you know, gets a reputation of being like really great at twirling the bow, so they have him come out every single time. Uh-huh. That goes the same for the Shokiri guys. Like, fans have their favorite, and Shobushi was a fan favorite. Oh. Now, watching his last Shokiri in February, it just, I don't know, it just endeared him mm-hmm. to me. And I honestly hadn't seen his Shokiri performances because it's just something that's not out there for us to see. We don't see it in the highlights. I mean, I knew of it, but I didn't really know the tradition of it. And I laughed. I laughed out loud at these two sumo wrestlers as they duked it out with a series of slaps, um, spit takes, wedgie lifts, butt slaps, pratfalls, uh, hilarious over-the-top techniques, insult throwing. I mean, how many other professional sports, you know, have a have a comedy routine? Yeah. Like as far as I know, none. Like maybe a clown. You can in think the radio of it. Harlem rodeo. Globetrotters would yeah. be a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Like maybe a mascot, but nothing as special, quirky, and delightful as the Shakiti performance and their fake wrestling match and all the things that can be done incorrectly. It's just ridiculous and delightful. And they do it in such a lighthearted and, and joyful way. And they bring that to the super traditional and serious, serious sport, which mm-hmm. makes it just so much fun. In all of the videos that I've watched of those sumo comedy routines, you can always hear what sounds like children laughing hysterically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people bring their kids to sumo. I would assume that they do. Um, but I don't know if it's kids laughing or if it's adults laughing like children, but it's obvious they are well-loved yeah. and enjoyed. Routine. Yes. Well, I mean, they're shouting at each other. They're mugging for the crowd mm-hmm. and they're teasing the Gyoji, who is obviously in on this you mm-hmm. know, little play. I think through that, they actually show how much fun they themselves are having mm-hmm. doing it. And, you know, watching Shibushi as he, like, leapfrogged over his opponent and got, like, way, way, way too close in that kind of bear 
thing mm-hmm. that you were just describing, the close approach to the Tachiai, where they go basically nose to nose with the other wrestler. And then he would fling himself around as if he was like a, a wrestler from the, like, I don't know, the World Wrestling Federation. And uh-huh. he would demonstrate how not to pull on the top knot by uh-huh. like just completely pulling on the top knot. Uh-huh. He was just fearless. It must have been that he was born to wrestle. I mean, he had a great record. I mean, he had 147 to 189 record. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. But he was also maybe born to be a comedian. And we're going to put it in our link uh, for our show notes, uh, the clip from his February performance. Oh, and I fantastic. hope people who can listen to this can also go online. And it's on YouTube. You can find it easily. But watch it because it's such a delight. And he, even though is no longer with us, he took part in a tradition that through the ages has been very important for sumo. What an incredible gift. What a wonderful thing that the wrestlers give back to the patrons who love them. It's a bit of silliness and a bit of themselves and a thank you. And they lift our spirits up in this way. And they do that to give you the best show possible. Shobushi is deeply missed by the sumo world, you can tell, and fans. But perhaps... Just perhaps we will see his spirit in the next wrestler who steps into his shoes at the next Shokiri. Marvelous tribute to him and to Shokiri. Thank you. You're welcome. I was thinking about how entertainment and sumo combine as well Mm -hmm. this last week. Um, And that, you know, just in trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about, I started watching a lot of sumo commercials. Oh, okay. Because... Comedy is often used in sumo commercials here in the U.S. Not all the time, but often it is. And so it's just kind of, you know, mining the internet for material. As I watched all these commercials over and over and over again, I started noticing the same face in them. Mm. And as I, I started to look at the face, I was like, why does that face look so familiar to me? And it was because I kept, like, I had seen this one face in commercials my whole it feels like my whole life at least for the last decade i've been seeing the same face in america in sumo wrestler commercials and i was like who is this guy he's in the you know the geico commercial where the sumo wrestler is ice skating yeah that's him him. yeah he's in the doritos commercial where you know he's like sitting next to a little kid who you know keeps getting his doritos stolen from him and then he you know gets his doritos back for the little kid he's in car commercials he is everywhere the same guy known lovingly as biamba aliambatar Oh, so he's Mongolian. Yes, he is Mongolian. This is a sumo wrestler. He was born in Mongolia, started sumo at the age of nine. But like someone else we know and love, preferred playing basketball at that age. Yes, but he was a very good sumo wrestler. He was a good wrestler in general. He won junior titles in wrestling, judo, and sambo, which is a hand-to-hand wrestling combat sport in Mm -hmm. Russia. Mm -hmm. He was recruited as a professional sumo wrestler by a former Yokozuna, Onokuni, who was on a visit to Mongolia. Really? In other words, he saw Biomba and he was like, that kid's got some talent. Wow. I want to take you to Japan. So he came to Japan 
he actually, he tells this great story about his first day at sumo practice in Japan and seeing these two wrestlers slam into each other. But when they separated, one of them had the tooth of the other wrestler <gasps> embedded in his forehead. What? Yeah, because they had hit heads. Oh, and he decided at that point that he was going to practice really hard and be the guy, not be the guy who lost his tooth. gets the tooth in his forehead? But not be the guy that lost his tooth, be the other guy. <laughs> oh, my God. And not get beat up, basically, so bad, is what he decided. He was like, wow, this is a violent sport. It's more than I thought it was, and I had better be good so that I don't get beat up. It's the story, basically, he tells. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so brutal. I know, doesn't it? Uh, so he was a member of the Shibatayama stable. Shibatayama. Yep. From July 2001 to September 2005. He reached his highest rank of Makushita 15. You're still having to do chores at the stable. Right. He said later that he was basically cooking chanko. And, I mean, he was working hard. He was training hard. But he was the Chanko Nabe chef oh. for the entire five years that he was there. And so once he got to that level, September 2005, he quit at age 20 because of the lifestyle. Right. He said he was done. He wanted more freedom. He also mentioned a little something about injuries. But he wanted more experience of the world right. at age 20. So he's right. one of those sumo wrestlers that was just like, you know what? I don't think I want to ride this train to the top. I'm really good. Where I am, I think I've had enough. I want to see more of the world. Hmm. But Maybe. I'm glad he he followed his gut and he was like, this isn't the life I want to have. Yeah. I, I'm sure there was many parts of it that he did love, but a life of that, Maybe not. Exactly. So at some time around the age of 20, 21, somewhere in there, he got recruited by the California Sumo Association to be in the movie Ocean's 13. There's a sumo scene oh. in that movie, which I had completely forgotten about. I had to go back and look it up on YouTube. So he got flown to L.A. to be in this sumo scene in Steven Soderbergh's film, which most of his footage ended up on the cutting room floor, just like what happens in almost yeah. every Hollywood story yeah. you ever hear about. But in the, in the process of him coming to L.A. and being part of that movie... He started to fall in love with he the got freedom bit by the of bug. the U.S. Right, and he decided <laughs> to leave Japan. He came to the U.S. knowing very little, if any, English. He worked manual labor jobs in California. He worked as a sushi chef because wow. he had those skills in the kitchen. He said that it was very strange to him at first, and he was very lonely mm -hmm. in the U.S., but because he had to learn how to do everything for himself. He had right. to learn how to rent an apartment, drive a car, oh, buy a right, car. Right, because you're not allowed to drive a car. In addition to learning another language. Yeah. Right, here's a kid who grew up in Mongolia. He knows Mongolian. He knows Japanese. Now he's got to learn English. Like, that. It's Those are challenges. Pretty hard to do. Yeah. But he really liked acting and he really still loved sumo. So he was trying to figure out how to put together a life for himself. He started to wrestle with the California Sumo Association. He won the U.S. Sumo Open Championship held in California for eight consecutive years wow. when he arrived in the U.S. From 2007 to 2014, he won the World Sumo Championships in 2006 and 2007. So he basically, he left 
the Japan pro sumo field and came to America and house. dominated, <laughs> dominated outside the Japan professional sumo field. May say something about just how good some of these lower ranked wrestlers are and just how incredible these professional well, ones exactly. are. Exactly. And he not only did that with the sumo world championships, he won the something called the World Combat Games, which I'd never heard of. The World Games. Like there's all these other associations that I didn't know anything about that he went into because he's an athlete. He's yeah, he's like, prime. I'll throw my hat in that. Exactly. <laughs> I'll throw my hat he in was the like, mix. <laughs> okay, I'll act a little bit and I'll still sumo wrestle. And he basically was still dominating in the sumo world and was acting on the side whenever he could. Wow. So he got himself an agent and basically got swept up into the world of commercials and movies and ESPN. And he has been on so many things. He was, he appeared on King of the Nerds. He's been on Who's Line is it anyway what yes yes is he a fan favorite in japan or with american audiences well i actually don't know about how people in japan think of him but he is definitely a darling of u.s audiences he he still has so let me give you the bad news first he passed away in february of this year i didn't know 35 Actually, I didn't know anything about him when we first started this Mm. podcast. I probably would have mentioned something about him before, but he's another one that passed this year, but he still has his personal web pages out there. He still has his Reddit page out there in which he answers questions about what it's like to be a professional sumo wrestler. You can still go on and read all about him. You can see all his commercials. He's the bald, smiley, really friendly looking sumo wrestler that every American would go, oh, I've seen him. him. Yeah, Yeah, he's funny. Well, he's funny. He everyone said he was just an amazing guy and an amazing actor. And we know more about him because his website is still up. He had sumo skills, judo skills, Mongolian wrestling skills. He, I think this comes from his, you know, like actor resume, you know, in which like his extra skills are horseback riding, basketball, (laughs) surfing, ice skating, golf, singing. Midwestern accent. Yeah, he could do it all. Regional accents. What else could he add to that? He's been on talk shows. He got in the ring with Kevin Hart and Conan O'Brien. In a, this is a video that's been watched millions of times, and it's actually really difficult to watch because Kevin Hart gets smashed. Oh no! Oh, it's like <laughs> you feel really bad for Kevin Hart, but oh my God, Bianca just picks him up like he weighs twenty pounds and throws him down. It's, it's difficult to watch. He's appeared in over five hundred TV shows, movies, commercials, print ads, news clips in over 800 live events all over the world. He's been in The Bachelorette. He's been in Subaru commercials, Sumo and Sushi live events, late night TV, ESPN, Vice. I mean, I mean, everywhere. I, I feel like I need to like look at his career and be like, what is he doing that I am not I doing? Know, the man is a success story. He's like a networker. He puts himself out there. I yeah. mean, he does have pretty unique skills. Absolutely. Very unique. Well, and not (laughs) many people look like a sumo wrestler. Right. He's 6'1. He weighs 365 pounds. He's a big guy. And he's still, I mean, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. One of the most viewed sumo videos in America is this. It was at one of the 
I think it was one of the U.S. Sumo World events where he won the heavyweight title. He is fighting this big guy. It's the heavyweight showdown. Okay. But in this... In this video, he picks this guy up. The guy looks like he weighs 500 pounds, 450, 500 pounds. He picks him up and he just body slams this guy to the ground. And it is incredible to watch. And it's the most viewed takedown, sumo takedown, I think, that's ever been viewed in the U.S. It's amazing. So he was an amazing athlete. I think he's loved for that reason. I think also because he kept showing up in all these different commercials, mm-hmm. people started to get to know him and they started to want to know more about sumo wrestling. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really, you know, when people say like, you just, at least for actors, they're like, just show up, just be yourself and somebody one day will appreciate you for who you are. Yeah. And I think he's just the prime example of that, of somebody who's like, um, I wrestle, I sumo wrestle, I'm a funny guy, I can cook, I can do this, I can do that, but nobody else is like him. And then the world was like, I don't know where we need him, but we'll find a place we'll for find him. A, yeah, we'll find a place for yeah. him. And people started to follow him. They started to go to sumo competitions to watch him. Wow. So numbers for sumo, like in terms of fans, have gone up steadily since he arrived in the U.S. And they, most people attribute that to him, to Biamba. He's a goodwill he became, ambassador. Yes, he became a teacher of sumo in California, an ambassador for the sport in the U.S., much loved, loved the sport, kept doing it outside of Japan, was still doing sumo through last year, through 2019. He was a fantastic athlete, had a great sense of humor, much loved by the sumo world, by Hollywood, by his students, and by his competitors. I just think he's another perfect example of someone who didn't make it to the top division in professional Japanese sumo, but spent much of his life introducing people to the sport, building its fan base, and sharing his love for the sport of sumo. He's much loved, he's unique, and just like Shibushi, Shibushi, he deserves attention, credit, and admiration. Absolutely. When they're funny and they're comedic, that's when you and I especially love them. Yes, absolutely. So that wraps up our um, our history and our little shout out to the the entertainers of the sumo, sumo world, world, the yeah. comedians out there who the bring teachers, us the teachers, the ambassadors, the funny men. It's all there within the sport of sumo and it's all appreciated. Yeah. You remember the the Bears, the Super Bowl shuffle? No. Remember that in the 80s? I'm, no, remember that? I'm so they did a rap that. and then they did a dance, the whole team of the Super Bowl shuffle? I don't. Well, let's just say it wasn't that great. But many people <laughs> thought it was really, really great. I mean, I guess I'm saying that in retrospect. At the time, I do remember I was young and I was like, wow, look at all these professional football players dancing and rapping. Wow. And it really... Yeah, it's not great. None of them are entertainers, but it was kind of like a fun thing. You got to see another side of the football team. Okay. And um, but other than that, I don't think I don't I think really only, you see it that much. I that... only go back to the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. And that's because, you know, we were children of the 70s. Yeah. And they were huge in the 70s. Remember that guy, Curly? Oh, I I could watch them. him dribble the ball and do all those trick shots. Well, they shots. were so fun. They, they were, were just so good. Delightful. And they were funny. And yeah. it made me really love basketball at yeah. that age. Yeah. 
And I think that's what these guys do to the sport of sumo. Yeah. Like they really make people fall in love with the athleticism and just the whole, just the whole lifestyle. I don't know if lifestyle is the right word, but the whole world of sumo. Yeah. Did you know there are lady uh, globetrotters now? No, I did not. Yes, oh, I'd love to watch them. And then neat? Yeah. Speaking of some more uh, trivia, would you like to do a little sumo trivia? Yes. Okay. I'm great at trivia. Okay. Uh, did you note the sarcasm? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the hat that the gyoji wears is called what? A nana hat. No. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you said that so confidently. I was I like, know. is I'm, it? No. I, don't, I wrote down the... No, it's called an iboshi. Iboshi. Yeah. It's a hat that's of actually Chinese style, and it translates as raven cap in English. Raven cap. Oh, and that's it makes a sense. perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, because it looks like sense. a raven's head. It does. Yeah. Wait, say that one more time. What was the name of it? Iboshi. Iboshi. Yeah. What wrestler has the most consecutive wins at 69 in a row? Oh, I thought that was Hakuho. Futabayama. In the late 1930s, Futabayama is particularly remembered as achieving the longest run of consecutive victories in sumo bouts with 69, a record that still stands today. Oh, I thought Hakuho beat that. I don't think so. At least on Wikipedia, oh, okay. it still says that Hakuho's third. Okay. He has 63. I remember reading about that stat. Kasino Sato brought him down at the 63rd or 64th. It oh, ended. So okay. he was so close. So close. Yeah, but no good. Got it. He revealed this is the most like amazing thing. Okay, so Futabayama revealed at his retirement ceremony that he was blind in one eye and had been since childhood. Huh. Which makes his career like mind blowing. That he he was a yokozuna. Yeah. He had this amazing career as a yokozuna with the longest winning streak in history, mm. and he was doing it with one eye. Yeah. Can you imagine how fast yeah, you have to be, considering you can't see the slap coming from this side, or you can't see? Maybe I, he had heightened senses because no, of I that. Would, yeah, I would say that has to do uh, not with his speed, but with his um, ability to read his opponent with things other than his eyes exactly yeah. well i thought that was a really really neat tidbit okay lastly the little flip top at the top of the wrestler's chomage hairstyle the ginkgo leaf yeah i was gonna say what does it resemble <gasps> oh what i got plant? it ginkgo ginkgo yes yes i know that one a very healthy plant Yes. So that is all of the Q&A or this not. Yeah, not questions. Yeah. Sumo trivia. Yeah. Um, oh, if, so we didn't have any questions this week? No. Okay. I thought I'd substitute with the sumo trivia this okay. week. Okay. No, that's perfect. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess that's our style of sumo. That's right. That's sumo kaboom. Thanks for listening, everyone. We love connecting with you. And we love, love, love when you guys comment and share and like and review. We just love it. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. So until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thanks so much for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later.